This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read came from the 127th Psalm. The reading was from the first to the second verses. And he read, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. The 127th Psalm speaks in no uncertain terms against our innate desire for self-reliance. We have a tendency to depend on ourselves more than depending on God. And we believe in many ways that what we are in control of is going to somehow produce the results that we want. Brothers and sisters, this text was actually written by Solomon who was inspired by God when he wrote these words. Yet if you look at the end of Solomon's life, you will find that his building both literal and figurative, became reckless. His kingdom became an utter ruin, and his marriages became a disastrous denial of God. Solomon, described as the wisest man who ever lived, proved in the end to not have been so wise after all. The sad reason being that Solomon, with all of his gifts and all of his abilities, chose unwisely to heed his own words. Solomon stopped depending on God. Solomon stopped seeking God's face alone when he did all the things that he endeavored to do. Solomon let other gods and other cares and other concerns come between him and his God. So Solomon, with all of his gifts and all of his abilities, chose unwisely to heed his own words. Now, practically speaking, one of the most important features of the 127th Psalm is that it addresses three areas of human concern. It talks about accomplishment, it talks about security, and it talks about family. The Psalm forces us to examine these three areas to recognize that the one who is sovereign over all three is who we should be depending on and not ourselves. In order to do that, however, you and I must do something that does not necessarily come easy for us, and that is to humble ourselves before a holy God. This advice seems to have been lost on Solomon himself. But today, as we continue our pilgrimage through this season of Lent, I want to spend some time focusing on just the first two areas, that of accomplishment and that of security. And, and I want you to understand that in everything that you do, however you choose to do it, you need to understand that it has to be done because of God, with God, and for God. And if it's not being done because of God, with God, and for God, my brothers and my sisters, let me be clear, you labor in vain. And so today, I'll be speaking a message I've titled quite simply, The House You Build. Mm. 
the house you build. Let us pray. Father, order our steps in your word, dear Lord. Bless, O oh God, this time of preaching. Open up our hearts and our minds that we may hear what thus saith the Lord, what thus saith you. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Three little pigs sent to seek their fortune. <laughs> the first went and met a man with a bundle of straw and said to the man, Please, man, give me some straw that I may build my house. Which the man did, and the pig built his house with straw. Not long afterward came a wolf who knocked on the door and said, Little piggy, let me come in. <laughs> to which the pig replied, No, 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 not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> I think you all know this story, right? <laughs> the second little pig met a man, and he said to the man, Man, sir, give me some sticks that I may build my house. To which the man gave him the sticks. Not long afterwards, after the pig built his house of sticks, the wolf came and the wolf said, let me in. The little pig said, no, 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 not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Now both of those two pigs, when the, did refuse to let the wolf in, what did the wolf say? I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. And he blew down the house made of straw. He blew down the house made of sticks and he ate those two little pigs. The third little pig saw a man and said, let me have some bricks that I may build my house. And to which the man gave him the bricks and he built his house. Not long afterwards, again, the wolf came and said, little piggy, let me in. Piggy said, no, 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 not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. So the wolf said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. So the wolf huffed, and he puffed, and then he puffed, and then he huffed, and then he huffed, and then he puffed. But huffing and puffing and puffing and huffing as he might, he could not blow the house down, and he passed out. Each little piggy had the same noble intention and had plans to build a house that would provide them with the security and the safety that they needed for every hair on their chinny chin chins. Yeah. But clearly not all the pigs were successful in achieving the security they sought from their accomplishment. Likewise, you and I, brothers and sisters, when in all of our toiling and all of our wailing, in all of our worrying and all of our travailing, in all of our building and our rebuilding, in all of our imagining and our reimagining, we sometimes don't have much to show for our chinny chin chins. So the question I have for all of us this morning is, are you reaping the security from what you have been building? 
Do you feel safe and secure with everything that you have decided and put your minds to build? Are you feeling like if a wolf comes along and they huff and they puff, that they will be able to get in to your security of your chinny-chin-chin? You alone can answer that question. For you alone know what it is that you have been building. Everyone is developing their own vision for their home, their vision for their employment, their vision for their future, even their vision for the church. And the truth, and if truth be told, we don't feel very secure and we don't have much to show for it. Fact is, what we really need to do is to find out what is it that God is doing? What's God's vision for our lives? What's God's plan? And then latch on to that. For the truth is, except the Lord build the house, they that build labor in vain. Now before we go too far, we need to understand a few things first. As I've often shared with you, uh, if you've been listening to me any number of time, I told you that the Bible speaks to us in three ways. The Bible speaks to us literally, the Bible speaks to us symbolically, and the Bible speaks to us spiritually. Every time you read the scriptures, it is speaking to us along these three lines. So the text says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. From a literal perspective, house is often used in the Bible to refer to a building or a temple or some kind of physical structure or dwelling place. This is evident when we take a look at scriptures such as 1 Kings 6 where Solomon builds a temple. Here's what it says, and listen carefully to how house is described. It says in the 6th verse, in the 480th year after the Israelites came out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. In building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used and no hammer, chisel, or other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if, here it is church, if you follow my decrees, observe my laws, and keep my commandments, and obey them, I will fulfill through you the promise I gave to your father David. And I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people Israel. So, so when the text says, unless the Lord builds the house, the le builders labor in vain, it is making a literal point that if God is not involved in what you are doing, then you are wasting time. Yeah, yeah. Now, from a symbolic perspective, house is also used in the Bible to refer to a people or a lineage or descendants or to a dynasty or tribe of some sort or God's chosen people we know to be who? The Israelites. And this is evident in scriptures such as 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter and the 4th verse through the 11th. Here, he, he, well, let's pick it up at the 8th verse. Here's what it says. Now tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. 
I have been with you wherever you have gone. Hear it in your spirits, church. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. Here is the part I want you to catch on to. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. God himself is establishing a house for David by making David's family of descendants great. So when the text says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers or the builders labor in vain, it is making the symbolic point that if God is not involved in establishing your family, then you are in for some very disappointing times. Parents, if for no other reason, this is why you should be praying for your children and your children's children. And finally, from a spiritual perspective, and picking up the symbolic use of the reference to people we see in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter in the 10th through the 23rd verse. Here's what it says. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no man can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Here's Paul's question. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. God's temple is sacred, and you together are part of that temple. Likewise, Hebrews, the third chapter. And I'm giving you the scriptural references because I want you to hear it in your spirits. Jesus has been found worthy of great honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. So, so as we look at the 127th Psalm, recognizing that literally it's a house made with physical stones and bricks. Symbolically, it is the Israelite people or the people as a nation, but spiritually, it is the church made up of believers in Jesus Christ. You and I as a body bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, then you need to know that except the Lord build a house. They that build labor in vain. The building of a house is important because God the Father seeks a place to dwell. But because he is holy, he cannot just dwell anywhere. So he's looking for a holy place to dwell. 
And so now because God seeks a holy place to dwell, he has instilled in every one of our hearts, yours and mine, a desire, a strong desire to build. So with that desire, what do we do? We build homes, we build careers, we build families, we build ourselves through education, you name it. And with all of our labor and all of our strength and all of our skill, we pour out our very lives into the things that we are building. And believe me, brothers and sisters, I'm not telling you not to build. I'm simply telling you that unless the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. The text is letting us know that if Jehovah God is not with us, if we're not doing it with God, because of God, and for God, they that build labor in vain. And I want you to think about this church because you are building something whether you are aware of it or not. And I'm asking you, can you take stock and take inventory of yourself and say whether or not what you are building, your home, your family, your career, whatever it is that you are building, are you doing it because of God? Are you doing it with God? And are you doing it for God? And if all of those does not jive with you, then brothers and sisters, you are laboring in vain. Recall what happened in the 11th chapter of Genesis after the flood, after Noah's flood. The people had a heart and a mind to build this great tower. And God confounded their language because they were building without the Lord. Building, laboring in vain. Without God, we are nothing. Without God... We are nothing. Great houses have been erected by ambitious men. But like the baseless fabric of a vision, they have all passed away. And today, you can hardly find a stone remaining to tell where they once stood. Spurgeon, in one of his great sermons, said this, and I quote, Castles and the massive walls of ancient architects, even the Colosseum in Rome, are now piles of rubble, which, having ceased to be endurable by the Lord, have all crumbled into ruins. And the toil of these builders have melted away like the froth of vanity. Not only have we spent our strength for naught, without Jehovah, but all who have ever labored apart from him come under the same sentence. Trowel and hammer, saw and plane are instruments of vanity unless the Lord is the master builder. Wow. Great words from a great preacher. Furthermore, the psalm goes on to say, unless the Lord watches over the city. The guards who are standing watch, watch in vain. On the United States-Mexican border, we have border patrols and guards pacing constantly. But yet the country and the city is still compromised because people find a way to breach it anyway. 
Our Homeland Security and TSA teams are watchful over our ports of entry, airports and marine terminals, actively seeking to intercept any kind of terrorist threat. But the fact is, as much as they try, it still gets through. <laughs> Even with the ring doorbells, slowmans, and ADT, thieves and robbers still find a way past our most sophisticated security system. So my simple point is this, except the Lord build the house and watch over it, they that build and watch do so in vain. But note the psalmist does not tell us or tell the builder that they should cease from laboring, nor suggest that watchmen should neglect their duty, nor that men should show their trust in God by doing nothing. Not at all. The psalmist supposes that we will do all of these things. But what he is suggesting is, what, is that we should not fix our trust in what we have done or even what we are doing. As a matter of fact, the psalmist is assuring us that every effort will be in vain except and unless the creator puts forth his power to erect the construction. Happy is the man or woman who accomplishes great tasks, but who recognizes that faith without works is dead. God gives us inspiration and the ability to do great, wonderful, and amazing things. But we have a tendency to think that we have come this far, not by faith, but by our own strength. Many of us believe that we are as good as we think we are or even as people say that we are simply because we are just born that way. Well, brothers and sisters, let me tell you in no uncertain terms, God is a jealous God. And the sooner you think that you are at the top of the mountain is as soon as you will find yourselves in the valley low. I've seen too many people who have done great things in their lives who have the same cry from an hospital bed. Lord, help me. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that toil and build labor in vain. Moses was a faithful servant over all of his house. And as long as the Lord was with that house, it stood and prospered. But when God left it, the builders of it became foolish and their labors were lost. The children of Israel sought to maintain the walls of Judaism, but they sought it in vain. They tried to watch and to control everything that everyone does with their pharisaical selves, ceremony and traditions, that they are watching and doing all of this, eventually was idle and was lost. Of every church and every system of religious thought, this is equally true also. Unless the Lord is in it and is honored by it, the whole structure will sooner or later fall into hopeless ruin. And I declare that the AME church is standing on dangerous ground. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that toil labor in vain. So how does this apply to you and I? How then are you and I to live 
this truth in a very practical way because I hope that I've gotten your attention. As I said before, we all have a desire to build. Your desire is to build your home, your family, your life, your sustaining work. It is innate in all of us, and it is a good thing. God put it there. It is a good thing that you desire to build. There's nothing wrong with desire at all. In fact, like I said, it is God-given, God-inspired, and it's a yearning deep within your heart. The question is, where is your and my delight. What are we delighting in? Are we delighting in the praises of the people? Are we delighted in wearing fancy robes and collars? Are we delighted in the opportunity to preach from pulpits and to be respected by people? Are we finding our delight in everything else but the Lord? Because even if you think you are good and all that, what did it say? And a bag of chips? Fact of the matter is, you eat it, it's done. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. Perhaps your dreams of becoming a husband or a wife has not been realized. Perhaps your dreams of having children or grandchildren has not been realized. Perhaps your dreams of being a doctor or a lawyer or some kind of professional has not been realized. Perhaps you don't even have such lofty ideals, but yearn for a life that is simple and comfortable. Yet you can't seem to reach that no matter how hard you try. Perhaps you have stopped dreaming altogether. Whatever the issue is may be, as it relates to your desire. The fact is, you've been trying to go about it all your way. The text does not say, unless the Lord consents, unless the Lord helps, unless the Lord guides, unless the Lord assists. The text did not say that at all. The text said, unless the Lord builds. Unless the Lord builds, not unless you build, unless the Lord build, they that build labor in vain. Unless the good hand of God be upon us, we cannot prosperously build a place to worship in his name. Unless we have the blessing of God, a dwelling house cannot be comfortably erected. And unless God's blessing be not upon our children, the house, the family may be built up, but instead it being a house of God, hear me clearly, it has become a synagogue of Satan. Church, I'm telling you the truth. Unless the Lord builds the house, the calamities we face in life, the challenges we're experiencing, is not because God does not want to be with you, is what are you building on? What have you been building on? Where is your delight? Where is your desires? What is stealing your attention from God? Because you need to know that whatever you are building, it must be built because of God, with God, and for God. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. Solomon, the wisest man, the richest of kings, after having proved both from experience 
and careful observation, he came up with the conclusion that all is what? Vanity. All the labors of man, vanity. And he comes to this conclusion at the end of his life. What he wants us to understand that you can build, but make sure you understand the why you are building. The what you are building. And the for whom you are building. So the kind of house you're building, what is it? And upon what foundation have you been building? Is it a temple to the God of your career, the God of your children, the God of your money, the God of your security? Perhaps you've been going about the business of building your life and all of your worldly pursuits has not proven fruitful or brought you to the place of greater peace and rest. Perhaps. I don't know. But what I do know is that if all of what you have been doing has not yielded for you any kind of peace or sense of purpose, then perhaps you have been building a monument to honor yourself. Look again at the text. Verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Did you hear that? God grants sleep to those he loves. To be able to sleep means that you have entered into the place of peace and contentment. And with all that is going on in the world right now, I'm sure most, if not all of us, could use a little peaceful and restful sleep. Just to be able to close your eyes, put your head on your pillow, and just to settle in the contentment of rest. If sleep escapes you because your anxiety is having you worry about tomorrow, then check the foundation upon which you are building. If you find that you can't even keep a calm disposition the moment someone says something to you, check the house you are building. For unless the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. If you find that you're rising early and staying up late just to make ends meet, then I'm a witness to let you know that all you are pursuing, all you are building, all that you are striving to achieve will be doubly hard and in vain without the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people are building houses with straw or sticks because they got their material asking the wrong man. But I'm suggesting to you to get your materials for your building from the man with the bricks. For the Bible tells us that this man with the bricks, he is the chief cornerstone. And, and, and any building that is literally, symbolically, or spiritually built will be built structurally sound by the man with the bricks. 
the chief cornerstone. And the Bible further declares that, watch this, if our earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, if the wolf comes and huffs and puffs and tears this earthly body down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this tent, we groan and we long to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Since, in fact, after putting it on, we will not be found naked. So, so Jesus wants to be a part of your and my construction. But before that can happen, he needs to make you and I a holy temple. For he seeks such a place to dwell. And he is seeking it from you. So if today you find that all your labor seems to be in vain, then won't you consider letting Jesus be your foundation, your builder, your chief cornerstone, and let him guide the house you build so that, so that no wolf can come in by the hair of your chinny chin chin. <laughs> May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.